What's up today? Ryan Liebel is back on the show. We talked about the Mags and Julie film as it was nearing release on May 19th, 2020. And also Wes Tank joins us. Wes is a musician, entertainer. Um, he actually weirdly had gone viral just before this. He was the first guy to do the rapping, the Dr. Seuss books to Dr. Dre beats. Um, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? So we're live. Welcome. I'm here with West Tank and Ryan Liebel. And we are going to chat about some creative projects and hopefully drop some insights into your lives if you are a creative person or if you're looking for some awesome Wisconsin art to support. Um, okay, cool. Just want to make sure I knew which camera was rolling. So uh, first and foremost, you guys know each other uh, because you um, were recently uh, in Ryan's film, Mags and Julie. So how, how did you two meet, first and foremost? Did we first meet? Was it was it in the the casting? Is that how we first met? Probably, right? Yeah, I responded to a, a casting call um, from Ankata uh, Casting, and uh, that was for a movie about uh, a road trip that uh, Ryan had written and directed. And um, I showed up at No Studios in Milwaukee, and. Um, yeah, there was uh, an audition, and so I believe that's where we met. I don't think we knew each other before that. Awesome. Um, yeah. And this would have been like what a year ago, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, maybe a little bit yeah. more, but yeah. yeah. Um. So Mags and Julie uh, is or go on a road trip is complete. Now you were just telling us. Why don't you explain kind of how how long of a journey that was, and uh, how that first uh, came to be, Ryan? Yeah. Well, about a year and a half ago, I decided to shoot a feature film in my home state of Wisconsin. It's where I grew up, and um, and I had this concept to do a comedy there because I love comedy and I wanted to sort of highlight comedy, hum uh, like Wisconsin humor and the Wisconsin landscape and stuff like that. So the process, I guess, from beginning to end, now that I kind of break it down, was really about a year from beginning to end. Um, and of course, when you're doing any movie, the first thing you do is you've got a script and concept and then you've got to cast it you've got to find locations you got to have a budget you've got a money right and but yeah so from beginning to end it's been about a year and it is done it's fully fully packaged and done which is very exciting yeah so um you kind you kind of gave us a little uh insight last time you were on about uh the details of the film and um some of the history there um what is like like what's what's your approach now that it's completely finished um we're in the midst of 
of COVID. Um, do you do you see this as like an opportunity in terms of launching a film, or like what's what's your your thoughts in the middle of this huge project um, that's taken so much of your your time? In terms of launching, I guess like how are you approaching it in this time? Well, I mean, I think any filmmaker right now is sort of dealing with the concept of um, the fact that like film festivals and stuff have sort of been put on hold. Um, A lot of new filmmakers present their work at film festivals and that's how they get publicity and that's how they get in front of audiences and also the way they meet distributors and stuff like that. So I've had to kind of rethink and revamp my strategy because a lot of festivals were canceled. Um, So what I'm going to do, um, and I already have things set up, I'm just gonna go directly to distributors um, and start letting them screen the movie and see the movie and start trying to launch it that way. I also had an idea to do a premiere in Wisconsin, but even the place where I was gonna do the premiere, they're worried that they're not going to be able to have full capacity so i'm shifting the idea and the concept and i might actually do a few premieres at drive-in theaters in wisconsin yeah i think it might be a good idea you know yeah i think i think that's a good pivot i saw uh there's this wild guy that popped up on my feed he does like kind of live mixing of music um, his name's Mark something and uh, he launched like a whole tour of drive-in movie theaters um, basically he'll like manipulate his voice put it on repeat manipulate his voice in a different way put it on repeat and he'll like make a whole beat and then he'll kind of like I don't know get down to it and just kind of freestyle um, but yeah I think the drive-in movie pivot is like a sweet pivot for any live performance, whether it's film um, or or even music, honestly, you know, it's weird times, but you got to get creative, especially if you're creative, you know. I don't think I've ever seen a movie in a drive-in movie theater before, so that would be super cool just for the first movie I ever saw to be one that I was in. Yeah, definitely. What was your role in the movie, Wes? I was boss. I was Alan, the boss. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How did you? How did you get into acting? Oh man, I I've been. I mean, I've been acting ever since I was a little kid. Just like reciting movies uh, in front of my extended family at family reunions and stuff like that. And uh, but I've you know I just. I wasn't really in plays in high school, though. I did lighting. For some reason, I did lighting. But I, uh, I, I got into acting probably when I was in college, acting in people's short films and stuff like that. When I went to film school at UW Milwaukee, um, when I got into theater, I started doing. I started writing plays. Wrote a ton of plays in college, and um, we would put them up. There was this place called Brady Street Pharmacy that uh, had a theater had like a little independent theater in it and uh we would just do these like independent productions in the back of this pharmacy 
Um, where do you where do you find those? You got links we can drop in the comments. Those plays? <laughs> oh, they weren't. I thought they were short films. I'm sorry. <laughs> those are those are plays. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, um, but there's. I've been in a lot of short films um, from like local filmmakers and, and stuff like that. And you can see, you can see at least like my acting reel is on my YouTube page. Um, I saw that. There's a lot of those like random things that I've been in over the years are in my acting reel. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's how I got into it, and then I just have sort of opt around in local productions a lot and I'm really involved in the local filmmaking community and make my own films and um, have my own media company called Tank Think um, and yeah that's a lot of information for that little question but yeah Oops. <laughs> uh, um. Evan, Evan, Wes is one of those rare actors that you have the the joy of finding um i saw his reel and he's so stunning on film he's got a face that was made for film you know and he's so funny without saying anything which is really hard to do so i saw his reel and i was like i have to know this guy like i don't know who this guy is but He's brilliant, and he he looks like an actor, and and he also reminded me of the old school actors from the '40s and the '50s, um, the old school character actors, you know. Um, so when he when he sent in his audition, I was like, yeah, this guy. There's something about this guy, and um, to me, he's a superstar. You know, just waiting to be discovered. <laughs> yeah, so I feel very lucky. You know? Yeah, that's um, thank you. That's a very kind um, uh, words of affirmation. <laughs> he, I, I, I checked out the acting reel uh, right before this started, and um, definitely got that notion of just like funny without having to say anything. Um, like you can tell it's set up to be a funny situation. Um, I and that, I think that's a good transition to explain um, some of that exposure that has happened for Wes, which is the Dr. Trey, Dr. Seuss um, rap, you know, collaboration or or uh, what what would be the right way to put that? We call it a collaboration, sure. Yeah, <laughs> rap <laughs> collage. Um, sure. Yeah, it's a collage. It's yeah. Mashup. What? Um, what uh so you kind of gave me the background before we went live on how that came to be I'm, I'm sure that's kind of what you've talked about in other interviews um like when you posted those videos on youtube to to document them because they're performances you've done before what um like when they started getting up in the you know hundreds of thousands of views like what what went through your mind and then if you could give us like a view of like what changed or like how things had to like get put into place as that happened um well so i've so i guess just to you know in case your listeners don't know i've i mm -hmm. have been uh performing these 
these Dr. Dre, I'm sorry, these Dr. Seuss books over Dr. Dre beats for several years. I've been performing them at my original uh, rap shows and I've been performing them at Brooklyn Gardens in Sheboygan. Um, at their uh, annual fundraiser, I would just do a set of all Dr. Seuss books. Um, and so basically, when it came to, but I had never put them on YouTube before, because I was always kind of like, oh, it's probably going to just get taken down. I don't know about the copyright and all that. And um, so I just kept it as like kind of this vaudevillian uh, like performance act that I would do. So <laughs> stick. I would come to town and I'd open up my trunk and uh, set it up and put on my hats and I would uh, perform the Seuss. And, uh, but when quarantine happened, you know, we couldn't play shows and we couldn't so live so my this work. It kind of dried up and I just was like, well, you know, maybe I should, uh, uh, archive these videos or these songs as performances. And I'd also been thinking about how can I like start to build my YouTube personality, um, build my YouTube page as a human personality as opposed to like a production company and right and so that's why i started doing it where i like talk to the camera and say hi and stuff and uh, instead of like making a music video or something that would be kind of like slick and lots of edits it's like no we'll just keep it really simple and then i'll record the song as i'm performing it and um i don't have to like memorize it and try to lip sync it later and um you know, we put it out, and essentially, my friend Eddie posted it to Reddit, and uh, something about that, like, kind of took off. I think Reddit was the real thing that, like, made it, like, initially, like, get out into the ether, because, like, a few days later, it was um, the... It was April 7th and it was like the voting day and I was out on a gig filming the voting and I was like getting like at all the poll sites and, and stuff and you know half afraid I was going to catch COVID and just like geez why am I even doing this like I should have said no to this gig and meanwhile my phone's blowing up and I'm like oh, can you even look at my phone like I gotta run up so I go to my car and I like check my phone and it's like dude you're on the front page of Reddit like the front page of Reddit, and I like get, and I'm on the front like, and I get home, and there's just like hundreds of comments on on Reddit, and then uh, I go, um, I then the next day like we're trending on YouTube, and the views are like quadrupling, and it's just like tons and tons of views are happening, and I'm just like, oh my god, what's going on? And um, then, and then we started getting like, then it was just like local news and uh, not local news. Like I it went as far as Australia. There was like a, an Australian Today Show reached out, and I was on that. And something interesting about the fact that this happened during COVID is that like geography is not really a, an object in being able to like go on any television show <laughs> right. at this point so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting like time for this to happen and I'm definitely aware that like this did happen at a very specific time when people are kind of locked in their homes especially kids and 
their parents are just like having to homeschool and they're just like just give me something for them to watch like, <laughs> you know that's safe like just watch it yeah leave me alone no <laughs> but like uh, you're not wrong I mean so I'm aware that that's that's part of it and um so I just but I, at this point I'm just like okay like it's actually gonna help for people and it kind of uh my performance stuff kind of like is feeding kind of the mission of what my uh production company is all about which is uh furthering cultural ecosystems and communities and helping kind of like marginalized aspects of life get uh greater viewing and stuff so it was uh cool to see like families coming together and enjoying this you know we kind of found the shrek zone i call it where parents and kids can watch it together and enjoy it um uh so the yeah i mean it's been cool and it's it's you know it's changed my life somewhat in that like i'm i'm doing this every week now <laughs> like i'm still it's still going like it's mm-hmm. still happening you know and it's been a month and a half and we're we're at around 10 million views between all the different videos and uh it's you know that i went from about 100 subscribers on youtube to like 110,000 subscribers and it's just yeah that's awesome man <laughs> um i'm curious to get into your headspace like as a creator as this <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't know what i'll find um but as this all like lays out and um so you you know you've been an artist you've been a filmmaker you've been a creator and like um you know you're at kind of this steady pace of growth and then all of a sudden you hit a moment which is like what all creatives in their own right are usually trying to to do or hoping happens now like what kind of like um what's going through your mind in terms of like do you feel pressure to pivot do you feel like um how are you thinking about possibly adding different things do you feel like it has to fall into the same brand or category or are you kind of like yo i'm just gonna do what i like to do and like hopefully stick around and like how are you kind of approaching that as your as the moment makes your audience larger well i mean i'm not uh taking for granted that i have a new audience and that in the past not having an audience or having a very small audience of like my friends and family um was uh you know it was kind of a blessing that i could just do whatever i wanted and it was just i could just throw spaghetti at the wall all day and, and it, if it stuck it stuck if it didn't it didn't but uh now i'm i definitely don't take for granted that, that i have to look at everything i do with like a new lens and uh just see that like oh there's like children that are watching this and there's there's parents and children watching it and i have to kind of keep both of them in mind in a way and it's not like i change what i do um but i have to consider my audience um because i greatly appreciate that i have one and um i 
So I'm I'm just kind of going in that direction, and then it just depends on like who I'm collaborating with, you know, and what the platform is. So if it's if it's going to YouTube, then if it's going to my YouTube page. I have to think of like who all the people that like came there for Susan Dre. Like there's a lot of people that came there for that, and um, that doesn't mean that everything I do there has to be that. But uh, I just try to keep it in mind. And uh, but if I'm in a film with Brian and I have to play an asshole boss, then like that's what I'm gonna do because I'm acting in a movie, you know? I'm not gonna try to I'm not gonna like soften up that character because there's these people over here that like are expecting me to be a certain way. Um I'm just uh I guess I'm just learning what it's like to kinda have that um sort of capacity of having an audience. So yeah it's all learning yeah yeah um i think this might this is more about uh you know being an artist or or creator at broad and and maybe um both you two um can weigh in but like something about i think part of the reason it took off uh, like i mean although obviously it's combining two very like um big brands in terms of art (laughs) um is like it's so like it's one of those obvious like it seems once it's done as obvious like why didn't that get done before you know and i'm one of those kind of things like there's but it's also so like um i guess purely in like purely for fun or something like you know what i mean like there's a certain i guess that's what most art is right is just like purely for fun i guess my question or or what i'd like you guys to weigh in on is just like maybe which ideas which ideas are the ones that like you lean into because i i feel like as creatives if you're anything like me you probably come up with 10 new ideas a day even if you're working on one every day for six months you're still getting 10 new ones a day which ones do you guys tend to lean in on or, or what what about an idea makes you guys jump at it good question um <laughs> I think what I've learned over the years um, is that you've got to create on the things that um, excite you as a as an artist. Um, and if you stick true to your own voice and the things that you find funny or the things that you find dramatic or the way the the kind of movies you like or the kind of music you like or whatever it is, if you sort of stay there you're you're in a good spot and it'll be successful um i think it's when artists go out integrity or try to do something that's not really them or it's not really fun or it's not really what they want to do that they have trouble you know but i think when you stick with having your integrity in you do the things that excite you as an artist and you're like yeah i find this enjoyable i find this entertaining i think this would be really funny when you do that you're fine um and i think that's what west 
did with this. You know, he, he this was his idea and his concept, and he ran with it, and it works. I mean, for so many reasons, because again, Wes is he's very appealing, and he you want to watch him, and you're interested in watching him, and he's funny, and you know, he's got a great face, and. You know, I think he edited edited everything brilliantly too. You know what I mean? Which made it interesting and it kept your attention and it goes to the book and then it goes to him and then there's another angle and he timed it all with the music. It's just very Yeah. Don't you think, Wes, like when artists just sort of stick with what they like and what they find exciting, that's the sweet spot. Yeah, I would say that is that's true. Yeah, it's like following the inspiration is important, but it's also following like what's working. Um, what you, you know, when I did the first video, the first was Fox and Socks, and I thought maybe that would be the only one I did. And it was like, well, just post this and see if it's working. And then it was like, oh, oh yeah, it's working. Okay, make another one. Like, and then make another one, make another one. And it just keeps just seeing working. And um, we just released. Um, Good night, Moon. Uh, to see like how would it how would it work if we post something that's not Susan Dre, like just another children's book, it's kind of like the same style and that's doing really well. And uh, you know, we just uh, kind of I I think that that's like that's the idea is to just follow follow what seems to be working. When I'm when I'm sitting down to to make one of these things, I I have like I have a bunch of different beats uh, that I'm potentially going to use and a bunch of different books and I'll take a book and I'll have it and I'll just be like listening to the beat and rapping it and I can usually tell right away if it's not going to work. It's just like, oh, it's too, too many syllables, too fast to beat, too slow, too, you know, it's just like, you can tell right away. And I think like a lot of ideas are like that. Like you can kind of tell, it's like, oh, there's something here and you can't force it. As soon as you're trying to force it, then it's like, why? There's too many ideas out there. Like you said, you can have 10 ideas a day or 20 or 50. Like, and at the end of the day, you can't, you know, be putting 10% into every idea. You got to really like focus on one and like try to drive that home. Definitely. Um, yeah, and too, like Wes, Wes is really good at improv, right? Like in the movie, in Mags and Julie, I let him improv and, and kind of take it further and take it further. And he's also very physically funny in it because he is a very funny person. Like he, he falls in the movie and he gets so upset that physical things happen. And that's what I wanted. And, and he just went there when it was time to go there. He just went there. And but he's a really good improv artist. And, and that's something I think is is interesting and and i think you know obviously you use that with the dr seuss stuff right yeah i mean and i i sort of am an improviser in every sense of the word even to when i'm like uh when i'm filmmaking i'm i'm also improvising like what's the next you know what like i'm not a i'm not a huge like strategic thinker i like to work with strategic thinkers but myself i like to uh kind of think about like what's working right now and like mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of what improvising is is like it's listening and 
you know, and just ending kind of like what is what's working. Yeah. Essentially. I, w- I wouldn't consider uh, myself uh, an improviser necessarily, but I I am fascinated by the art because I think it like beyond the art itself. I think it's one of the most like if you have the skill, you can go so far in so many other different fields. Like if you have the ability to improvise, like sales, like you know, acting, interviews, music, like if you have the improv like skills classically trained in terms of like, you know, comedy or, or acting, I think, um, it's a strong skill set to have. Um, I, I just wanted to say this, you have, have you posted those videos on TikTok? You should, you need to. Page. I'll do it for you. Uh, you just gotta send me the videos. Just, uh, yeah, I don't really know how TikTok works, but uh, it, I'm open to it. You know. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I just uh, I just can't handle another app. Like, just I just want to make stuff. I don't want more apps. Like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk after because I think uh, you they'll, they'll go viral all over again, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> so i think i think there's something to be said about both you two um and i i feel the same spirit which is like and and correct me if i'm wrong maybe maybe i'm wrong but like there seems to be like an element of hunger where like you have to like want to create great art you have to want to like whether it's like a a need for recognition or like what, but it, it drives you to like make something bigger, make something better, make something more people like. And then once you do it, like you said, what, like keep going, it's working. Like let's, um, you know, give the people what they want. Um, do you guys, is that something you guys see in your artistic journeys is like a hunger for, um, bigger and better and like, I guess making an impact and, um, how do you recognize that in other people if that is an aspect? Maybe especially for Ryan as someone who's like doing casting and stuff like that. Well, it's funny. I mean, I think every artist I ever meet, I'm always asking them about themselves. And I'm curious to hear about what they're trying to do and what they're trying to create. Because I like to help other artists personally. Um, I think they're important and I think they matter and I think we need more of them and I think we need a lot of artists doing really well you know for me I'm doing what I'm doing because it's something I've always wanted to do um and I like challenging myself (laughs) um well but also I lost my light but also um yeah like you're saying the impact I want, like, the reason I did Mags and Julie was because I really liked physical comedy and I loved John Hughes and stuff when I was growing up. And I love comedy that isn't mean and gross and drug humor. I like physical comedy. 
and I haven't seen a lot of that for a long time so I kind of decided well if that's what I like and that's what I want to be in I'm probably going to have to make it myself um, and so that's what I did you know but I and I also I feel like I have a responsibility as a filmmaker and as an artist to create stuff that's uplifting um, because I want to leave the audience better than I found them. Um, yeah, that it's kind of important to me that like if somebody sees my movie, they walk out of there feeling better about life um, or they learned a lesson or they're just, they were made happier and, and they walk out of there feeling better about life than when they walked in. That's really important to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Definitely. Wes, I, do you have any thoughts on like that hunger aspect in your life? Is that a weird, is it, is it a weird question to ask? I'm hungry. I am getting hungry. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, definitely hunger is important. You gotta like, you gotta want it. You gotta like want to keep, keep making better stuff. Um, and, that's that's important but it's also it's also not even like wanting to make a certain i don't know it's 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 like accountability or something like you gotta be accountable to your your dreams and your um what you what you feel is important as an artist and uh what you think is funny and um kind of there's something there's something there um uh, to be deciphered more but i guess yeah yeah i'm I'm sorry no i like what the actual phrasing of the question was but yeah no that's perfect i like the the accountability aspect it's almost like um personal responsibility in a way but to apply it to that like image or your dream, you know, like it's your self-responsibility for this dream that you either have and you don't talk about or you talk about. Either way, you got to like walk the walk. Um, Otherwise, yeah, like you're not being, it almost comes down to like, um, you're going to consistently disappoint yourself because you're, you know, maybe not being, your actions aren't honest with your vision, you know. Yeah. I, but well, I, think too, I think like right now with society in general, you see a lot of artists who sort of don't take responsibility for their position. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty common, you know? I mean, there's so many actors and musicians that I've known that have died from drugs or overdoses or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I always feel like if you're going to be in the public eye and I don't know, (laughs) set a good example, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, inspire people and, um, yeah, you know, don't take a bunch of drugs and don't die (laughs) 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 at the age of 30. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that. Like, that's not cool. Um, So, and and so, and all the artists that I have admired, and and I've had a chance to meet some of those artists when I was in LA, the ones that 
are still doing really well and they're still working. Um, Clint Eastwood and, and Matt Damon and, and some of these guys that I've actually known, John Travolta, right? They're incredibly nice people. Um, they're very fit and they take care of themselves and they're not out drinking the night before and coming to set drunk. They're just, um, they set a good example. I don't know how to say it. You know, they've got families and they, and they do work that is good work, you know? So I I think, yeah, I think the work you have to do the work though too, which is maybe where some of the accountability or people with, with maybe, maybe they have the vision, but not the hunger. And that's like maybe where it falls short. I did kind of want to transition that into, um, another question about your recommendations to people just like, you know, artistic people, people that fancy themselves as artists or somewhere deep in their mind, they think I really want to be a creative. I want to do music, comedy, film, whatever. Um, if you have any advice for them and, um, yeah, I just really like, I think as Wisconsin creatives, like art, art is, is one of the ways where, especially nowadays where I think Wisconsin can kind of reach into the future faster rather than that starting at the coast and moving inwards like if we're ever gonna establish our own culture you know be innovators i think it's going to be in the art space so i kind of see this as like how can we how can we put out messages to younger people um that are exploring these areas and maybe have more free time and and need to be reached now rather than 20 years from now if you guys have any advice for for getting into it or developing that hunger or the the right work ethic or network like what would that be well well i mean i can say some really quick things that i'll let wes indulge in that um i'd say the biggest thing that you can do is go out and pursue the things with a lot of enthusiasm and um, don't let people stop you. Um, don't let them talk you out of it. Um, don't let their negativity or their viewpoints about you or the fact, or you know, don't listen to the fact that it's hard or it's difficult or whatever. Um, just keep going. Um, for me, that was always the most successful thing that I did is like, I just persisted even though I wasn't always the most talented person in the room. I wasn't always the prettiest girl in the room. I wasn't always the skinniest person in the room. Whatever it was, I just kept showing up. Um, and I kept working really hard. And I kept deciding that it was something that was fun. And I wanted to, I wanted to do it. And it mattered enough to me that I was just going to keep going. Um, because that's really the biggest barrier is is you. Um, you can listen to all of the viewpoints and the people that tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do and how you're not good enough or you're not this or not that, but really it comes from you. Um, just deciding, okay, that's it. I'm just going to persist and I'm going to make it go right. Um, 
And then I think what Wes has done really effectively is he's really plugged into the Milwaukee community. Um, he also has plugged into the LA community, which is cool. Um, and he's sort of working both of those communities, but like he's, everybody knows Wes in Milwaukee to some degree. Um, and what's cool about Milwaukee is that because it's a smaller community, it's easier for people to in, to get to know people and to be introduced to people. And this, what I've experienced so far in, in that community, in the Wisconsin community in general, because I didn't shoot my movie just in Milwaukee, I shot it in Ozaki and Sheboygan, is that people there are very supportive. Um, they're very enthusiastic. They're very excited about filmmaking still. Um, and they want to help. And I think that's really cool. So, you know, anyway, that's some advice. What do you think, Wes? Awesome. Um, I mean, I think that's all, what you said is all really true, for sure. And um, the thing I would just add on to it is just like, you know, do do what you can do. Like that's that's what I've learned in this whole this whole last couple months. Like, you know, rather than I could have been sitting here planning my next thing for like what planning for like when when we can gather again. Like this is what I'm gonna do. But instead, I just what can I do right now in this room and just make it. Just do it and. Um, I used everything that I've been learning the last 20 years <laughs> to put it there, you know, to do a two camera shoot and uh, audio engineer uh, a rap song and, um, you know, lighting and however to, you know, make it look nice and my book collection, my record collection, like all of that, like it was just, it's everything i just used all of it and i wasn't thinking that while i was doing it but now that i have to kind of like look back and deconstruct what what happened there what what was that like moment that it was just like um all of this stuff and then this project that i had been sort of nurturing for like five years uh which was wrapping these books over these boots (laughs) and um and even that is something that like like those Dr. Dre beats, I remember when I was in sixth grade, like in growing up in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, shoveling snow and listening to nothing but a G thing and just like being sad. <laughs> just like <laughs> this step in this setup and like I'm just I think about like everything about that whole thing was like everything that I had to give in in one like very finite uh very very small nugget and um you know and i think everybody has that like so everybody has that little thing that's inside them that they can like kind of uh do in a room when that's what you're forced to do um yeah and so and and for me that project was just like that was always just kind of the like cabinet in my kitchen that i hadn't fixed yet and it was like i i'll get to it eventually you know i'll do it eventually but like then that was the thing and you know i mean i'm hoping that there's there's bigger and better things to be done than that for me (laughs) because it was not meant to be the thing right and uh it, it was not like this 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 passion project that i had been building up to um 
because I've done things, I've made feature films that I thought that was going to be the thing, and it wasn't. And then there's been like other projects, albums that I've spent years on, and then I'm like, okay, get ready for the big release of this thing, and then it's like, okay, the next thing. Like, it didn't even make the top ten. What? Like, you know, like stuff like that. And and then it's just like you do this one little thing, and all of a sudden it just like. That's what everyone loves. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad it was something that I'm actually somewhat proud of. It was something that wasn't like a shot of me uh, just, you know, like falling down a hill, although I would have been proud of that too. Um, <laughs> we did have a pretty good meme uh, from Ryan's movie um, of me uh, swinging and missing a golf, a golf ball and falling down. Um, that was pretty yeah, good. your friend. I, I should get. I should show your friend the movie. He can make some more because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of you. <laughs> I know. I know. I want to hire him as a meme maker. You should. Uh, yeah. But but yeah yeah. So do do what you can do. That's all I can say. <laughs> Sweet. And people will come to you. Yeah, that's interesting. I think uh, I think there's probably more to be said about um, like building the network out like how how do you get to you know how do you get to the point where a bunch of people in your network or in like your local network know about you and i imagine that's doing a lot of free work and collaborations and paid work and you know doing projects yeah, it's, it builds on, on itself but yeah definitely it is doing a lot of free work it's for me it was doing a ton of free work and it was and it was like doing stuff that was just for myself or doing like a music video for somebody just because I liked the song or it was just like just doing things and then eventually you get that little paid gig and then you get that bigger paid gig and then you get a really big paid gig but you still want to do the, the small unpaid gig because you like it so much and and then it's just like it all kind of builds and suddenly you've like worked with all of these different people mm-hmm. and you have all these different uh, collaborators and who are your friends, and it's it's just like you know, it's all love. It's all we're all just like making making collaborations happen, and and that's how you network. The uh, the the collaborator in me, uh, and I'm sure maybe people in your network who is watching uh, your videos take off on YouTube are wondering: um, is there like because as as this book uh, wrapping thing grows, um, I imagine what's because you you said it yourself in that uh, description of of doing what you can that um, that you didn't think that that this would be the, or it wasn't meant to be the thing, which means that I know you're you're thinking for the future and um, what other type of stuff can you make? Is there any type of because it seems like the next big thing for you would probably be um, some something that's a collaboration, whether that's like some comedy-based stuff or some. I don't. I don't know what it, it. What would that be? I guess. Do you have any of those thoughts that are creeping up? Like, I think it'd be fun to do some comedy collaborations, or I think it'd be fun to do things along this like category, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of those things. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think this was a great way to introduce Wes to the world, honestly. I think it was a brilliant way to introduce you to people. I mean, it's freaking brilliant. Because it's so, it's so uniquely you, you know? And it was, it's just lovely. So I think it's awesome that that's the thing that made people go, hey, who's Westing? I think it's funny they were calling you the Wisconsin man. <laughs> I was Milwaukee man. Yeah, Milwaukee first, man. And then I was Wisconsin man. Even <laughs> though like, I was technically, I was Wisconsin, I was Wisconsin boy before I was Milwaukee man. And then I was Wisconsin man. Yeah, that's funny. Because yeah. I grew up in, outside of Milwaukee. <laughs> You've evolved. I became a man. Yeah. I think it, I think I think it'll be a great day when when all the news headlines say West Tank. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> right. We'll see. Oh yeah, it's happening. You got to keep pushing. Um, Wes, I know you have to go. Um. Ryan, do you have a little more time? I don't, I don't know if you guys both want to stick around, but I wanted to ask some specific questions about making a film and um, kind of the prep process. And I was thinking about asking you this not live, but then I was like, why not, if you have the time, just see if maybe other people listening also need to hear your insights too. I can ask questions too if people are watching live. That's fine. Okay, sweet. Um, Wes, do you want to stick around and talk filmmaking with us, or? Um, well, I better I, I better uh, hop right. off. Okay. Right? Um, yeah, no worries. I, uh, but thank you so much, and um, yeah, talk more soon, Ryan. So good to see you. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll get those videos on TikTok for you if you want to. Cool. Collaborate on that. Sweet. You've got, you've got me. All right. See you, Wes. Bye. All right. So, um, basically, I'm like I'm interested in like a lot of the back end because you know the final product and the art piece. I think um, I can conceptualize having you know just been in the video space making you know anything from a three to a 15 minute video I, I think I can kind of see how it comes together uh, in pieces um, when you're trying to approach like your own film and it's a huge project and you know it's going to take a lot of time and uh, um, it's going to take a lot of effort from m multiple people that aren't yourself um, what's like the first step in that is it like an outline is it like a conversation with a with a co-producer like what how, how does that kind of start you mean like once you've actually shot the whole thing no i mean like when you have the idea and maybe like a like maybe maybe you only have half a script like do you start with a full script and that's how you build out your pitch and your outline and I guess I'm doing. I, I always write full scripts personally. Um, uh, you know, I've got I've got script ideas which I make notes on and whatever. I actually read a book which I love and I always re recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's called Save the Cat, and um, 
the guy that wrote it passed away, but um, it's a great book. And what I like about the book Save the Cat is that it breaks down scripts and storytelling and particularly filmmaking um, into a very meat and potatoes outline. Um, so when you read the book, he sort of explains, okay, this every successful movie or movie that did well or movie that created an impact or movie that people love, this is what they did. And he actually breaks it all down for you. Um, even by the page number, this has to happen by the page number. This, ha this has to occur there. This the all is lost moment has to be at this point. It's very, very specific. And a friend of mine told me to read that about God, like a long time ago now, maybe 15 years ago. And I started writing scripts right away after I read the book um, because I had always wanted to write scripts, but I had outlines and I had ideas, but it was just very intimidating to me. So once I read the book, all of a sudden I had a very simple outline and an understanding of how films are structured because he even breaks down famous films like Indiana Jones, things like that in the book. And I went, okay, great. Now I've got an outline. Now I've got something to work from. And I was able to just start writing. And then from that, I got used to that structure, that film structure. And when I would write a script, I was thinking always with that structure. And I would even, I even go back to the book and I check and I go, okay, this is page blah, 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 blah. Has this occurred yet? Um, so, you know, everybody kind of writes in different ways. Um, but for me, that was the key that opened the door. Um, so I love that book. And when people say to me, I want to write a movie, that's the book I recommend. I always say, okay, go get saved the cat, read it, use it. Awesome. Do you think, um, does that same outline apply to documentaries? Do you think? Or is it kind of different game, different ball game? Um, <clears throat> documentaries are a bit different because what you're dealing with is a lot of talking heads, people talking to camera and then showing footage to describe something. You might even do a flashback kind of thing or whatever. But the same kind of structure applies um, because if you're trying to hold the interest of an audience, there is a formula that works. Um, and if you don't hit those points, they're going to get un uninterested. Um, so yeah, you could read the save the cat and use it for a documentary. You just have to think about it a little bit differently, but it's the same concept. If you're making a film, it's an hour and a half long, hour and 45 minutes long. This is, this is the outline of it that this is what you have to hit. This is how you keep the attention of the audience, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's pretty typical one for one, even in other books, like there's, you know, there's, there's some, there's, there's, there's a structure that works if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of like turning something from an independent project into like, um, something that hits mass scale in terms of uh distribution 
like let's say let's say you want to work with like Lionsgate or something like just a big production studio is that something that 100% of the time has to be done ahead of time or is that something that could be like you could make something independent and then go to them at the end or the last 70% or something and say like here's this thing and have them be like wow that's gold and then they would invest it in it in just like the distribution point does that make sense yeah a lot of the bigger distribution companies definitely are the ones also developing and helping to push forward a film have you ever heard of it happening the other way how i just described it does it does that happens from uh, it happens for a few reasons it happens when you get into a big film festival um, and you've got a great publicist or somebody there representing you and doing doing PR, right? Doing good PR um, or even getting press for you, right? And building up a story around it. Um, a few of my friends got into Sundance, Cannes and TIFF and it was a big deal when they got into Cannes um, they had made this independent film uh which they wrote and one of them directed um but they went through a fairly known production company to make it um but it got selected for can and it won an audience award which they were not expecting mm -hmm. um and because of that it got them more exposure and then sony pictures classics um picked it up and they're going to have a theater run and then it will go to online platforms blah 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 blah. but um so it happens it and mm -hmm. and that's kind of an interesting story because neither one of them are stars they're not name actors people don't know about them um so that it happens it's just not that common okay so you don't necessarily plan on that but it's like a possibility yeah if it happens the lovely surprise yeah okay <laughs> yeah cool How, do you what's like what's your understanding i know you've been in the business since before like the streaming platforms and stuff what's your understanding of like how how those things like how does a streaming platform pick up a movie is it usually after the fact is it does it depend on kind of your manager or like the connections you can make to those platforms like how does something like that come to be yeah you either go to the platforms and pitch stuff to them which they then produce or fund themselves or you have a sales agent or manager who's got some sort of connection to them and can present um, your project um, that's usually how it works with these guys. Um, and I know people who have gotten onto Amazon and Netflix. Some of them didn't make much money at all. And some of them made a good chunk of money. Um, so again, I sort of, you know, and some of them didn't go and pitch something to them. One of the people I know, they, they got into a festival and at that festival, Netflix, a Netflix representative happened to be there and they, they connected with them and talked to them and then they bought it that way. Um, Sweet. 
Yeah, so there's there's different ways. You can also go, there's different film markets all over the planet. There's one in London, there's one in Berlin, there's one at TIFF, um, which is the one in Toronto. Sundance has somewhat of a film market. And then there's the American film market in Los Angeles. And that's a place where you can literally, you can buy a booth and you can have posters of your movie, copies of your movie, um, you know, uh, press kits about your movie or whatever. And you can actually pitch to people who come there and you can go pitch to people who are there. Um, so there are actual film markets in which you can sell product or gain support. Do those usually, those, that sounds like that would be one of the hardest ways. It sounds like it would be unlikely to. Well, the nice thing about film markets, like even there's like a film, there's a film market that happens in Nashville. They kind of happen in different places around the world. There's a bunch of people in one spot. So what that allows you to do is meet a lot of people in the industry quickly. Mm. You have a business card or you have a pamphlet about your projects or whatever. It allows you to meet them fast, almost like speed dating. Mm. You go around, you introduce yourself, you meet people, you get cards, you da 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 And it, just like any business, you know, filmmaking and any of it is a business. Mm -hmm. uh, networking is part of that. Um, and, and knowing enough people and building, building that, you know, mm -hmm. and that's important too. Like with any artist in any area, if you're an actor, you're a filmmaker or a musician, stay in contact with the people that you meet, um, have a master list. Yeah. Because you never know, you know, at what point you might want to reach out to a manager again, or you might have something for this person that works or whatever it is. But it's important to always stay connected and have good relationships with people and maintain them. You know, definitely. So um, there was you familiar with Liz Fair, the art the musician. Yeah. Uh, she was on Joe Rogan's podcast and she had said something like this was probably you know early 90s when she start, started to build her career um, she said that like she just had some passionate friends or like a passionate friend that literally just sent her music to all these um, I forget the term A&Rs or something like that um, yeah, yeah. at the radio and yeah. and that's how she got like you know discovered or whatever um do you do you think that like the f film game in the internet age is still like hackable with sweat equity that way like if if you had you know f let's just say 50 people um who really love mags and julie and they just like sent it sent a mailed copy to like you know six uh, you know the the five streaming platforms or whatever hulu hbo yeah. disney netflix and uh amazon like do you think that would be enough to like move the needle where if you sent a an email to those six places like a week later or something that that they might have heard of you because of that like i, I guess what what's your thoughts when i say something like that well, I think that no matter what, that's a good strategy, no matter what you're doing. Um, 
when I was just acting in LA, I used to send my headshots out, hundreds and hundreds of headshots out a week. Um, when you actually still had headshots and you had to mail them, you know, I was like 19 years old and I was sending out the paper headshots with my resume on it. I'd send them out to agents. I'd send them out to casting directors. Um, and I would find eventually something would come in. Um, so I always recommend that to anyone, like communicate a lot, communicate broadly, um, communicate often and not in an obnoxious way. Like what I would do is I would update people and tell them that I, what I was doing. And I'd be like, hey, I'm in a play, or blah, 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 blah. Or I was just in a, you know, a CBS show with Dennis Farina, or I would do little letters too, or whatever. And sometimes I would do postcards with a picture of myself and the show that I was just on. Um, so yeah, the same holds true for filmmaking in general, like send out lovely letters, introducing yourself and what you're working on in the projects and let people know who you are um i'm always surprised if you if you just communicate what comes back and i and i've had in the past people say to me hey you know you sent me blah 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 blah, blah years ago didn't you <laughs> so i was like yeah yeah good. i totally did that so i i never think that's a bad idea i always think more communication not less always um that's been my stable whatever for years and years and years and the only times that things ever slowed down was when i didn't do that mm -hmm. um, so i mean that's that's for anybody you have a company you have a media company like whatever you do communicate often communicate broadly communicate specifically um and and sometimes too it comes from nowhere like, I don't know how to explain it, but like there were times where I would send out a bunch of letters or send out a bunch of headshots or send about, out a bunch of communication and a job would come out of nowhere from it. My agent would call me up and be like, hey, you should come in for this commercial. But I had never, I hadn't sent anything to that specific casting director. Yeah. It's just the concept of the creation of it and putting yourself out there and being big and being wide and and having a good attitude and it's just how the universe works stuff will come in yeah yeah i i believe in that a thousand percent sometimes i feel like even um even like something as simple as putting your house in order you know like you clean your office you make your bed you clean the dishes you set your stuff down and you make a call to a family member and all of a sudden the next day like yeah you'll get a message from like uh someone who you thought blew you off from three days ago and they're like hey let's make sure we get you know let's make sure we get on this and it turns into your next you know opportunity um totally. it's crazy how that yeah, stuff I, works I, I, I totally agree with that I'll, I'll when i want more money to come in i'll clean <laughs> i start cleaning nice i start organizing and cleaning and i like you're saying you put your house in order and all of a sudden a check will come in so yeah it's there's i mean there's little secrets and you know things that work and things that don't but i always say to artists communicate broadly Mm -hmm. And it also takes a while when you do that for stuff to come back in. It's, there's usually a lag. 
which people also don't understand. They want it all to happen immediately. Right. It doesn't work like that. It takes six or eight weeks, usually minimally, when you've sent some sort of something out to hear anything back in. So that's why it's important to just continue it and, and don't stop it. And like I always say to actors when they're starting out, keep email, emailing, keep sending your website out, keep auditioning. It, it'll pay off, but there, it, it, takes, it takes momentum. It takes a bit. And if you don't maintain it, you're not, you're going to find everything will slow down and the auditions stop and everything else. And it's because you stopped promoting. Yep. You can never stop promoting ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's literally, you know, a metaphor for momentum. It's lit. That's how momentum works. Like, yeah. yeah, definitely. I needed to hear that. That's uh that's good for, you know, even, even sales and, and keeping things going if you're running a business and definitely um i had so another question was um where like where is the opportunity like if if you put in a year to make mags and julie um where is the biggest opportunity for you to like um, get compensation for your work is it doing the theaters is it selling DVDs or is it like trying to like get in contact with like a streaming service or something streaming is probably the simplest now um, theaters are funny because you have to pay them to show your movie um, and a lot of the bigger studios have deals with live theaters um, and they actually pay the theaters to show their movies. So ultimately when the movie's first coming out, it's already upside down. And then hopefully enough people go to see it. So that reverses, mm. um, and it actually starts making some money. Oh, so it's like you pay an initial fee, like you kind of take on the risk, but you get a percentage of the, each sale kind of a thing? Right. Like okay. Pay to play. It's like musicians who go to a venue and they have to pay 200 bucks to play at that venue to be in front of that audience, but they might be able to sell some merchandise and they might be able to sell CDs, and, but, and they might be able to gain some new fans. Gotcha. Um, theaters are the same way. Um, so if you don't have like a big, big budget movie with giant stars, you know, if you can get into a theater, that's great, you know, but then it takes a lot of work to go around and promote it and get enough people in the seats to see a profit from it. Um, whereas with streaming, because it's not reliant on actual physical spaces, if people are looking at things at their home they they do everything with algorithms and mm -hmm. you know they decide what to promote they decide what might be popular um but even that i think no matter what you do you've got to promote um you've got to do press you've got to show up i mean tom cruise is kind of famous for that like he goes to every single city where his movie is going to open and he does premieres and goes and and goes to the city and and does press which is exhausting mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's really effective and he gets audiences in because he's there showing up in the country 
saying, hey, you matter. I'm here. Hi, everybody. Let's take some pictures. You you matter to me. You're my audience. And you matter. And so he's able to fill theaters, but that it takes a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. And not every actor does that, and so they don't have as big of a box office opening. Um, so if you want to get butts in the seat, yeah, you go where those butts are, and then you got to promote to them. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. If you um, if you end up getting, I mean, obviously the COVID thing is uh, pretty crazy, but if you end up doing some. Uh, you know, if you get into some local theaters or do some local drive-in movie theaters and um, it's kind of on you to do some of the promo, definitely if you're in Northeast Wisconsin, especially um, like if you're, cause there's like a drive-in movie theater in Freedom, which is just North of Appleton. There's one in Door County. And um, if, if you get in any of those, let us know and we can definitely try and help you get the word out to, try and make that successful um yeah great yeah somebody else just mentioned door county too because i shot the motel scene in sturgeon bay oh nice um so they just mentioned there was a theater there too and i think that's a neat concept to like do showings of it in the places where it was shot and you know my idea is just sort of do the showing sort of as like a pre-release party and just celebrate with people yeah. Especially after what happened with COVID, you know, mm-hmm. to sort of give people an opportunity to come out and celebrate their state, you know, mm-hmm. a movie that's really funny and is really beautiful and shows how pretty Wisconsin is, you know, and how funny Wisconsin people are. Because the whole cast is Wisconsinites, too. Mm hmm. 100%. Yeah, I think it's called Skyway or something like that. It's, uh, it's right by Peninsula State Park. It's like 20 minutes north of Sturgeon Bay. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd reach out to them. That would be awesome if if they took you up on it. Yeah. Even if it's the, you know, well, especially if it's the first feature or whatever, because everyone sleeps through the second main feature. <laughs> I do most of the time. I've only been to three outdoor movies, but... Yeah, it's funny. Like, I think it's cool that drive-ins are still around there. I mean, I, I did I did some drive-in movies in Wisconsin when I was in high school, and then I went to California, and they only had one drive-in theater there that was still open. Um, and it was like an hour and 45 minutes outside of L.A. Wow. And I went to that once, and I was like, it was too far. <laughs> I never open again. Wisconsin is funny that way, like, because our cost of living in general is so low especially like outside of madison and milwaukee um like all these kind of obscure businesses can last like forever you know and so you'll have these like third generation you know fourth generation meat markets and third generation drive-ins and you know drive-in custard place and like there's two there's two custard places one is a skate up spot and one is a a drive-in in oshkosh and they're one is 71 years old and one is 72 years old like it's just i and i, th- I think it's because the low cost of living and um maybe the tight communities too or something or maybe how long it took the chains to get here is part of the reason because they didn't really get here i think wisconsinites uh in my 
experience they like tradition mm-hmm. you know they really do they like ritual and tradition and they like going back to things that they went to when they were kids you know mm-hmm. um and wisconsin's interesting because it's very much americana you know it's like it's almost like a normal norman rockwell painting you know it doesn't change too much and it changes very slowly yeah um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's I think it's interesting that people want to maintain their traditions. I think it's sweet. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's not like what I like is like in, in hubs like basically, you know, Madison, Milwaukee, um, I would say like I, I would argue Appleton and maybe like Door County is like even though you have that like holding on to your roots like your life depends on it you still uh, Sheboygan too I would say you still have these like innovation capitals in terms of like the manufacturing and the business and the healthcare where like the mindset is progressive in terms of like we're still going to learn new things and education is important and like um, we're going to make good art and good products and and you know but at the same time yeah like but we're not going to demolish any old building and we're gonna you know we're gonna yeah change slowly i guess from the visual standpoint yeah it's cool awesome yeah i think all over the united states too like that whole main street concept main streets are sort of coming back more and more Mm -hmm. wherever you go there's a lot of people who left states to go to cities and then decided they wanted to raise their kids and so they left the big cities to come home and then what they brought with them was the big city vibe right coffee shops and cool restaurants and foodie culture and all of that um and i think that's been something that's interesting to observe in wisconsin too like sheboygan is very there's this really great food in sheboygan (laughs) yeah Definitely. Really great food, and they have a great farmers market, and um, there's people there creating really great things. Like I know the owner of Whisk, which is this great bakery there, and she does everything's paleo and no refined sugar, and she makes this delicious dessert that isn't bad for you, and um, it's in the middle of Sheboygan. Yep, it's <laughs> yeah, awesome. But it's really cutting edge. Yeah. Um, I have one more question. Uh, it's specific to something that I want to do. Um, hopefully it maybe helps someone else too, but, um, so I have this outline for a docu-series kind of, you know, stylized, like tiger king think of it that way in terms of the engagingness but obviously the subject matter is completely different way less reality tv way more like uh science philosophy theory like weaving in and out um so i have an outline and i obviously just have venture wisconsin and like client work that i've done how if you were to approach this and you had a like almost a a hit list for each episode of like okay we want to cover these three topics in in each episode and and these i think are the best people to interview for it how would you go about getting the first interviews in line like like would you approach the most important people first or would you try and build it and be like hey i've already talked to these three people to try to get the most important people 
involved. That's interesting. I mean, I I would say definitely do a pilot like okay. right away, right? And have an outline for the rest of the series. But do that first show, do the pilot and make it really beautiful and shoot it really beautifully and have a good cameraman and great sound and get a good editor and but create a pilot because from the pilot you can raise more funds fundraise more you can do an indiegogo account you could go directly to a streaming platform you could pitch it whatever but you have you've got the product already and you show what you can do and then you can expand on and do the rest so would the pilot like would you build a pilot off of like almost like a voiceover script and like um, pre-existing stuff that's already out there or would you go out and get a few interviews that allows you to create the pilot I mean if you're doing a documentary series um, yeah you gotta do the interviews yeah yeah you gotta do it just the way it would be done and the pilot represents exactly how it's gonna look the vibe of it everything because that's the calling card you could also do a teaser people do teasers which is just a shorter thing you know it's like two and a half minutes five minutes of, of of a show which gives the feel and the look of the show and you could do snippets of interview or whatever but just start just go out and start start shooting it yeah have you ever have you ever done any projects like that like interview style things yeah but not not as a series I've done it for different companies, like testimonial videos and sure. people talking about products or people talking about an experience or people talking about what they do or telling a story, um, but not as a series, no. Yeah. I just got to send out the, you know, make some calls and send some emails and, like you said, put stuff out there and see what comes back. Is it about Wisconsin? Because PBS Wisconsin or something might be interested in it no it's um it would it would take me all around the country basically yeah cool well thank you so much uh for all the insight on film and uh making a big project and um sharing some nuggets and kind of in that sharing your connection to wisconsin and your love for it and all that so appreciate it ryan yeah no problem and you know anyone including you anybody ever has any question about any of that um people can always reach out to me on social media and i will eventually get to it i'm a busy person but i will get to it and if somebody needs help or they need advice or about how things work or whatever they can always reach out Awesome. And that would be through REL Productions or REL Films? REL Films? Yeah. You can do REL Productions on Facebook or you can do my my acting page on Facebook, which is just my name, Ryan Liebel, R-Y-A-N-N-L-I-E-B-L. Either one, you can message me. I'll get to it. Um, It'll get to me. And, um, And I can help. I'm happy to help. I'm always happy to help. Awesome. Uh, so 
announcement is is there some any announcements in terms of dates or anything for Megs and Julie before we take off or should they just follow along um, yeah, follow along at magsandjulie.com to get updates. Um, and I'm going to do my darndest to get some pre-release parties done this summer in Wisconsin. Somehow, some way, um, <laughs> because of the whole social distancing thing. We were going to do it at a theater in Sheboygan, um, but they're I think they're a little hesitant because they're not sure if people are actually going to show up. So I'm shifting... And maybe we'll do a drive-in thing. You never know. But, you know, I'd love to sort of acknowledge everybody that, you know, showed up to help us make it, you know. Definitely. Awesome. Well, I'll be keeping updated with with, uh, with the launch. And like I said, if you have anything uh, that comes up in terms of um, a premiere in a theater or um, some sort of drive-in tour, let us know and um, we'll help spread the word. Awesome. Thanks, Evan. Cool. Thank you so much, Ryan. And you have a great night. Yeah, you too, man. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me. 